Okay, so welcome to Psychotherapy. This is going to be episode number 13. Now, episode 13 went through a little uh, transition because originally I kind of went on another caffeinated rant. So uh, right now the episode is about something in your life will come around, someone will say something, and then that alters the course of your trajectory just based on something that was either important or something that was totally benign, but some influence, word, or you know, action changed your life and going back and re-examining that. But what, what was it almost, Gina? When I heard clips of it as I was walking around, it was all about you criticizing one of your previous episodes, just picking it apart, which I just like shook my head and rolled my eyes because uh, I'm like, who is that obsessed with you? (laughs) They've listened to all your episodes and that one uh, in particular enough so that they remember it with that kind of clarity. Yeah. I said, scrap the whole episode. And then you made me listen. So I made you listen to the second half and the second half wasn't terrible. Right. And so, actually, it was pretty good. Yeah. So you're going to no, hear... I, I enjoyed the rest of it. Yeah. So you're going to hear the second half. Well, you're going to hear the whole episode of an episode you're going to hear because you're not going to hear the first half. So there's no It's just a half. shorter episode of right. what was originally recorded. But it'll be ex- as long as it's ever been for them. Yeah. Because they're only getting this version. I always worry that they're going to be thinking <laughs> these terrible versions that I don't record are the ones they want. Like, oh. Oh, no. It's tremendously boring and asinine. I was telling, yeah, and egotistical. I and tell- I get to hear all of it. Yeah, well, sometimes. You don't have to hear all the edits. But what I was thinking is I was telling Gina, I'm like, I should eventually have the worst of. Because all the stuff that's not Who in there is, is like, going no to one's going to listen to No one wants to listen to worst of. But I would naturally want to hear the one that was omitted because I would assume that that person is saying horrible things about, you know, someone in a way that can incriminate them. But that wasn't the case. All I was doing was whining about a podcast episode that no one's listened to anyway. Well, you know, it's early. You're still figuring out your format and uh, deciding where you want to go with it. So I'm just a kid starting out on my own. It's part of the process. Yeah. it's uh, So anyway, enough of that. Of course, the voice you heard was Gina. This is going to be episode 13. So that starts right now. Enjoy. I talk a lot about you know how I'm able to kind of take input and then decide whether or not that input is something that I want to execute on. I think, oh, well, I know that one of the things that we do in life is like someone will tell you something completely benign comment. I don't like that color on you, right? I remember when I was a kid, someone said something, I don't remember who it was, but they're like, you look best in earth tones. <laughs> it was like dirt and green, so brown and green and you know, I guess, well, you know what the earth colors are, right? Earth tones. And so I only wore earth tones till like 35 because someone told me when I was like eight or nine years old, I look good in earth tones. Oh, oh, here's something even bigger than that, right? So I was, I knew I wanted to be in film and television when I was young. I've mentioned that before. It was a dream. When I saw Jurassic Park, I said, oh my God, this industry can transform you and just take you to a place you've never been before for two hours and give you this complete release from regular life. And a guy who didn't love his childhood, had a hard time at school, didn't have a lot of friends, had his issues and, you know, was going to have a propensity towards addiction, you know, which was another way to take me out of the moment. Um, I was obsessed with film and television. I really want to go into it. And I wanted to make movies. So that's what I did. I made movies. I bought a camera, a video camera when I was gosh, like 15 years old for $600. And this was 95 or thereabouts. So I had to, my boss, Mike Tech, he um, he was the son of these people who owned a bunch of McDonald's. And he said, I'll give you this video camera. I don't even remember. You know, there was no way for me to know if the price was fair. But he's like, you can work it off. So I'd pay him my paychecks to get this $600 video camera. And we did skateboard videos and stuff. And mostly what I was interested in was narrative, you know, little short movies. And I do that with my friend, Chris. 
And I wanted to be behind the camera. I even had this old line. I'd be like, Big J the cameraman. No one can see him gets all the action. So like, there was like a line I actually said on camera when I'd record. How how awesome is that? And uh, so Big J, the guy who wanted to make movies, was, was hugely into the concept of creating this world. Then what happens is this. I get cystic acne in high school. And I mean, if you don't know what that looks like... I will not, as usual, put anything in my show notes because, truthfully, I don't really know how to do that. So if I ever learn that, maybe it'll be there. But if I could, I would put a picture of me when I had cystic acne. I had, like, acne atop acne. As a matter of fact, my first girlfriend, she was telling someone about how I was pursuing her. And the way the person responded was like, oh, you mean that guy with all the acne? That's how people knew me at school. So it was that bad. So while I had all this acne, I was still, like, behind the scenes. I was trying to make movies, right? And then... I was still trying. I was like in love with this girl who didn't love me, right? Typical movie story and a high school story in reality. So I went after her and, you know, I wasn't finding anything. She kind of said I dressed weird. So I started dressing a little better. My acne cleared up because I went an Accutane twice. And then I started to get something that, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to, again, I, I've been seeing a lot of experience, but I'm just going to tell you. I went from this really awkward, picked on, like pizza faced kind of kid. And uh, and then I got handsome, frankly. You know, I, I really found a look and I was working out. I was doing martial arts and I got to a place where I was handsome enough to even get this girl, not to say that that's the only reason she dated me, but Chris Coy thought that was, she's like, oh, well, you know, Jet, you want to know why uh, she likes you now? You're pretty. Here's what happened in high school. And I've gone in and out of that. I'm a yo-yo. I get big, I get small, whatever. So it's not always consistent. But uh, when I started to get handsome some people said to me in high school and this ended up being a negative thing someone said to me in high school and then later in college and everything they're like you should be an actor Whoo-wee. man did they do me a disservice i tried that for 10 years all those cliches you've heard about trying to be an actor are true it was very very difficult and even when you've done everything right you know I, I always used to say that you know i'd go out for auditions for leading men roles right and then there's some australian guy and if you are a man and there's an australian guy on your audition you're done because he's going to be like four inches taller than me. Uh, their father is usually a, you know, surf god and their mother is a supermodel and they create together this like Voltronian or Thundercats thing that's this beautiful, perfect human. And I'm looking, I'm all stare at these dudes and I'll be like, my God, is this, is, like, is this like the secret? Did I create this perfect looking man? Which I guess I have to question myself for the fact that I use the secret to create perfect men. So anyway, I'd go on auditions. The problem with that was, you know, it all stemmed from, basically, I'm going to get back to the point, if you will, enough of handsome Australian men. I mean, not enough in reality, let's keep them going, but enough for right now. So because I was told I was handsome in high school, just like when someone said that I look good in earth tones, I took that seriously. People said, you should be an actor, and that changed my life, right? Instead of pursuing with vigor and excitement and passion, which was what I was. I liked wearing cargo shorts and baseball caps backwards, and that was my deal. But I convinced myself that, no, you got to be in the handsome business. And I pursued that in vain just because even as a dyslexic, right? How silly is that? I'm going on cold auditions um, as a dyslexic who can barely get through through a book, let alone, you know, memorize something and audition for it. But uh, I was convinced. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm beautiful. It was like Zoolander. I looked at myself in the mirror and I fell in love. And narcissist, narcissist in its, in its reality. So I, I got off track because of a couple of comments, right? This is what this whole point of the story is. Think about those two comments, right? One, someone says, totally benign, you look good in earth tones. I wear earth tones. That one comment shapes my look for 20 years. Someone says, 
to this kid who wanted to be behind the scenes in filming, you're handsome, you should be an actor. And enough people said that, and I changed my life. I mean, I changed my life. Now, in a lot of ways, I mean, those are examples where it was positive, right? You could say like, oh, you know, poor Jet, he was handsome. and But I mean, the, the reality was <laughs> I spent 10 years miserable trying to be something that I wasn't, you know, that that wasn't a fit for me. I'm a creator, you know? I love creating. I love every night since I was 13 years old, I've written in my journal. So I create, I never thought of myself as a writer. So one day when someone's like, you're clearly a writer, someone's like, you're a wordsmith, you come up with these concepts and stories, you know, out of the blue, I started writing and it came naturally to me, even though I would have never thought that because this is a dyslexic, I thought, well, I can't be a writer. I don't know how to write. But what I started doing was like talking these stories out and then having Gina help me write them down. And, and now I've written a ton of stuff, but I went away from that because that wasn't what people told me I was good at. So I guess that's really the moral of this story is that the dangerous thing in all of that was that isn't that funny? It wasn't that, you know, because a lot of people's lives can be shaped by what they, what people tell their, tell them they're bad at. So obviously people said I was bad at writing, so I never tried writing. Writing is what I've ended up doing. And uh, why did I not do an audio show, which makes sense, right? I have, I'm sitting next to in my little studio here, a box full of my old audio tapes, you know, books on tape. I've been listening to books on tape since I was 13. I like them more than movies. I mean, when I first heard uh, The Drawing of the Three, Stephen King's book in the series of The Dark Tower, I was obsessed. I mean, because I see this, I see this picture in my head. Like I, I picture like three feet in front of me, this screen as I run. I mean, I can listen to audiobooks when I run, when I do anything. But since 13, I've been obsessed with audiobooks. But I never thought of myself of recording an audio version of my show because so many people were being like, get on camera. And that wasn't a natural fit for me, no matter how I looked. One of the reasons I grew my beard, the biggest reason I grew my beard two years ago was because I was tired of that, frankly. I was tired of people saying, and this is, this is going to sound strange, but bear with me. I was tired of people saying, oh, you're pretty, you should be in movies. Oh, you're pretty, you should be an actor. I used to be like, dude, I'm trying. I keep looking for the application to be a movie star and I can't find it. You know, just because I have these these qualities that you think are, you know, worthwhile doesn't mean it's something that I can actually do. And I tried and I wasn't successful at that. And it wasn't what I wanted to do to begin with. But it can also happen in the negative realm. You're not a good writer, Jet. You're not good at this. You're not good at school. You know, what do I do now? I teach. I never thought I could be a teacher, even though my mom thought I could be a teacher when I was a kid, because I got horrible grades. You know, you get put into these kind of, and there's still huge problems with that, right? So I could never become a therapist, which my therapist is 16 years thought I'd be great at. He's like, you'd end up having to be a life coach. You know, just, I'm not sorry for anything I've experienced at this point. I'm lucky enough to be able to say that because I really know that everything that I've felt in my life has created who I am today. Even though there are parts of my life I wish I didn't have to go through, like losing my mind or alcoholism or stuff like that, I wouldn't do it over again. And I wouldn't give it to myself if I had a choice from the beginning of my life. But since I don't, I'm going to take that, I'm going to own it, and I'm going to be able to help people because I've, you know, I've walked through that, uh, that path. And so I can guide you because I've already been through there. So it works out. But I, th I think that, yeah, I mean, I think the theme of this one was, you know, if you can get it through my meandry as always storyline is that I, I would love it. And I don't want to give assignments here because that's not what the show is about. But maybe if I, I mean, I'm going to do it. So hell with it. I'm going to write down some things that I think that I've been told in my past in my journal night. That's just what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to write in my journal night. I'm going to write a little list of things that I've been told in my past that have shaped who I am right now. I'm really going to dive deep and try and figure this out. Things that Someone said you're good at or bad at, and I'm going to see if those things haven't put me into corners that maybe even at 40 years old, I need to change. Remember, I didn't get into rock climbing until the last year of my 30s because my dad was afraid of rock climbing when I was a kid, and he put that fear on me even though I don't have that fear. 
So I learned in my late 30s, one of my favorite things in the world is something that I steered away from my whole life because of an insecurity that someone in you know my childhood told me, my dad in this case. So there really is a lot of just trash, I guess, in there that uh, we can clear up and, and say, well, what is, I mean, I, I don't want to go into those cl- cliches. I really, anyone who's ever said, live your authentic self, oh my God, just, or they're usually the worst person on earth. So I'm not going to be that guy who says that, but try, because I, I don't even know if there is such thing, but trying to live what you feel is most closely to you, <laughs> I guess that is your authentic self. So maybe I shouldn't spit all over that concept. In any event, what I'm trying to say is maybe it's worth us looking back in our lives, and I'm going to do it tonight, and say, what is it that I've done or need to do or look at that I'm passionate about? Rock climbing for me, doing podcasts for me instead of doing a video thing, which is what I was inclined to do all through my 20s and most of my 30s. You know, what is that thing that we are hiding from or hiding behind that could really change our lives? You know, maybe we look at that and and think about it. And then by the next episode, I want you to have an answer for me and not tell me because I'm not going to meet you. But if you do meet me and you do know me, tell me. I'm curious, what is it that you changed in your life at 10, 13, 40 years old that you stayed away from because of some chance encounter or someone said something that was totally, you know, not meant to change the next 20 years of your life that, uh, that, that could shape things into a better or more positive direction or something you could just put down that makes your life easier. So thanks a lot for listening and I will hear from you. I won't hear from you. You'll hear from me next time. It's been a pleasure serving you with my voice. I, uh, Hope some of this helped, and uh, you'll hear me on the next one. Thanks a lot. Bye. What? That's the voicemail again. I didn't mean to do that. Thank you for listening, and this has been Jet Dunlap. (laughs) And I'll talk to you, and I won't talk to you. This is Jet Dunlap signing off. Good night and good luck. That's someone else's, but, you know, good night. Or bye. Hang up. You hang up first. I'll hang up. Okay, I'm hanging up.